Hey Internet, this is uh, this is me, Andrew Frankel, and uh, this is a- Oh, it is not a blue sh- Wow, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Okay. Alright, so this is how we're gonna do this today. The shirt that I was wearing in that video was gray. It was designed- It was, was designed- Oh, you know what? Here, it was designed by my ex-girlfriend. I'll tell you that too. And yes, she does cast interesting colors on top of neutrals, blacks, whites, and grays. There is a tint to it. It is not blue. Perhaps there is something wrong with the saturation settings on the Zoom call, on the... I don't know. But listen, that shirt is gray. We've, de we've dedicated clearly way too much time to this, but here we go. Next to me is somebody who is wearing a green shirt that says pink. So clearly... Catriona is confused about color. Okay. Dan, I didn't design it. Yeah, but you're wearing it. You're endorsing a pink shirt that's green. Look, if okay. the comments would say the shirt was green, I would I would kind of think like Your shirt you know, purports the majority to be pink. of one doesn't at all. It's just a brand. Okay. This is clearly not the best start to a to a show for me. I'm agitated and I was having such I went to I went on a walk. I, 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 I went to the farmer's good. market. I bought plums, you know. I texted my grandma, who's been bugging me about eating fruit. I said, bought some fruit. Gonna eat some fruit. And here I am talking about it. This is a great podcast. Uh, it's called Oh So Curious, right? Make sure that you like and subscribe and follow us everywhere. Oh, and now she's, I don't know. If, okay, she just texted me back, my grandma. She goes, congratulations. Now you'll really blossom. And a heart, and a, a smiley face with three hearts. So that's an, that's an update on, uh, on me buying fruit and my relationship with my grandma. Um, but the rest of the podcast is probably going to be about movies and uh, what's going on in pop culture. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying that. How are you guys? What's, uh, what's, what's going on with I'm you? I'm good. I'm not agitated at all. I'm having a good morning. Yeah, you seem fine. Dan, are you agitated or are you, you good? I don't know. Um... I'm the only person in my house who doesn't have COVID, so I'm like the last man standing. Um, so there's that. And I just finished watching a 90-minute finale of For All Mankind, which is the big reason why the show started late. Um, because I didn't realize the whole thing was 90 minutes. I was like, because like, I left it till last minute, so that's my fault. But then I was like, shit, I was planning on this episode being in an hour, so I was giving myself an hour and then prep the show. I'm like... Uh oh! It's the finale. Too long, huh? You think TV's getting too long? No, I mean, like, what's a movie now, and what's a TV show? I'm like, uh, maybe it, editors are getting lazy. You know, I think the line is blurred quite significantly. I think if you look at where we are today with television, like, like you just said. It, for All Mankind is a great example. You watch that. A, they have movie stars like Joel Kinnaman is one of the main guys in the show. He's a movie star, like, you know, Robocop, yeah. Suicide Squad, um, among others. And the, the way it's shot, it's it's produced by the same studios, like Sony's uh, television division produces it. So, yeah, I mean, the lines have blurred. I just finished watching this past week The Old Man with Jeff Bridges and uh, John Lithgow. 
I mean, oh my god, that it's on FX, FX on Hulu. You, I watch it on Hulu. Fantastic show. Um, if you haven't checked it out, if you are I looking haven't. for a show, check out The Old Man, especially if you're into those spy thrillers. If you had a rough time with The Gray Man, I bet you're gonna enjoy The Old Man because The Old Man, it's it's sort of like you get that verisimilitude that the gray man I heard they're, sometimes I heard they're doing have. a they're doing a crossover yeah. called the old gray man. <laughs> no, no, no relation. I mean, John Watts is involved with the project who did the recent Spider-Man trilogy, but um, I mean, among other people, it's not like he's the only one. He's one of the executive producers. Jeff Bridges, though, you know, he's the lead, and he is a fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you know, he gives the show a sense of gravitas. He, it's yeah. his first ever TV show. Again, blurring the lines. Jeff Bridges. Well, that's the thing. There used to be a, a time star. where, like, yeah. movie stars, they would, oh, I would never deign to do television. And now, TV, it's just as theatrical. It's just as expensive to produce. Usually better, actually. Because uh, uh, you can lately, flesh out yeah. the characters and stuff. Yeah, right. you know? yeah. And you can you can dedicate a whole episode to a, a minor plot detail mm. and expand the narrative. But, you know, we were talking earlier this week about how, you know, streaming numbers have gone down Netflix and Disney Plus like kind of neck and neck right now and it's like what what is the as people sort of unsubscribe as the prices keep raising do you think that there's any hope for traditional television to come back or do you think streaming is still going to win you know like what's what's the whole landscape looking like to you guys Traditional television, how do you, like, you mean, like... Like, uh, cable, like, like uh, watching on... People you know, people broadcast. don't have the patience for that now. No? Because ads I just, are everywhere. Yeah. That's I agree. Though. Sorry, Andrew, you go ahead. No, no, I, I'm opening it up. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, because, yeah, we were kind of going back and forth, and, I mean, you know, when we prepped the show, we were talking about what topics to cover. One of the things this week was, like, last week, Warner Brothers Discovery had their earnings call and report came out, and, you know, their stock actually dropped on afterwards because they showed a big loss, a bigger mm -hmm. loss than what was anticipated. Disney, this week, on their earnings call, they beat expectations. They showed a good profit. And um, they also basically announced that when you combine Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus subscribers, all Disney, you know, streaming services, they have like 221 million subscribers in total, whereas Netflix has 220. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not quite apples to apples, you know, because for obvious reasons, like one person could be subscribed to all three services, whereas Netflix just has like that one source, like you can't subscribe to Netflix three different ways. I suppose you could, yeah. like, if you want to create well, free they, accounts. They were, they've been talking about doing, you know. like, the ad tier and all that stuff. Exactly. Disney even announced an ad tier. I mean, they bumped their prices up, too. But the point that you were making earlier, I do think, I think this has been a one-way, like, road. We are not going to go back to linear TV ever being what it used to be, primarily because even before streaming became a thing, you had things like TiVo changing the way people watch television. People want to watch TV on demand essentially nowadays. The only things you really need to watch live potentially, and for some people it's not even that, because if you're not a sports fan, you don't care about sports, but sports and news are like the two live things that you yeah. really need linear television for, which even now I think streaming has caught up a lot, but yeah. 
you just have you to put up a YouTube though? TV feed next to a like a feed that you're getting from, let's say, Xfinity or Spectrum yeah. or whatever, and no, I mean, you'll but see we there's can even, a, we can even choose what news we want to watch. Yeah. I mean, we can decide. Oh, I like this guy's commentary. I'll watch. I'll click on that video. And a lot of you know, a lot of people getting their news from YouTube or um, alternative alternative media sites. And it's like you you choose the information you want right now. You choose the shows you watch. What I miss, though, is like those days when you'd be home and there was nothing to watch. And so you would scan through the channels and you would find something. You know, these are the days when I would I would end up like on sci fi or there'd be something on like, you know, tattoo artists or some weird history channel documentary. And it's like you could it was actually a lot more open and you could discover something strange and like watch something that wasn't just somebody else you know in, in their in their living room talking to a camera like it would be something that a network had vetted and it was fully produced and it was good and it was just weird and you could stumble upon stuff yeah. You're yeah, arguing against our show, essentially, is what you're saying. I'm arguing against <laughs> the state of affairs currently. I, I, I do, do not miss. Job. I do not miss cable. I hated like. Really. I well, I just hated how stressful it was because it was like you'd get like five minutes of the show and then like two, three minutes of commercials, and it was like really fast paced and stressful. But I'm finding that's Never. coming back, right? Like I well, watch stuff on Hulu and ads are back. It's just like watching television. Yeah, I know, but I yeah. That's part of it. I think the ads were never going to stay away for too long. And I mean, look, like now you people have the option. You could pay more money and get the no ad subscription. You can you can just do that. And some people can afford to. Some people want to. Some people don't care. I, for one, actually, over the course of the pandemic, especially after a while of just being cooped up, like sometimes I want to see ads simply because it's, it's, it's just think about it this way. Right. You pop on an old VHS tape you taped an old movie on that you only have on VHS and for some reason you have a VHS player still around and it's yeah. connected to your television and your TV still has the ability to take those plugged, like what do they call them? Composite connect, whatever. The RCA. Suppose all of that's true. Yes. You pop in an old DVR with basically an old school DVR recording on a VHS tape of let's say the Super Bowl from 1995 yeah. and you're watching it and then the commercials pop up and you know what? There's one. Okay, so the, the Super Bowl itself sort of transports you into a different time, but you're mm -hmm. aware that you're watching something that is like 25 years old, 27 no, years old. No, you can you can trace the, the culture and you can see the show in the exactly. context of the culture of the time. And yeah. you know, I just rewatched uh, Boston Legal. Times were different, and that was not too long ago. You know, but right, you could you could see a lot has changed just in the way that we talk about certain issues though even politics way different just 10 years ago and uh it was just this this is how we get a record of time and our attitudes because these are the stories that we tell and our stories have changed yeah and that's what ads do so if you sometimes to me like i like to not skip ads because i for that reason i'm like this gives me a connection to what is happening in the here and now in the world what's like because it's yeah. not like water cooler stuff but it's close to it. I mean, and it's like a weird thing to say, like, oh, you like to watch ads. I mean, not all the well, time. Ads are ads are sometimes. constructed to, you know, to a communicate what the like aspirations for the culture. It responds to the culture, and it's trying to use the time that we're in to make a case about selling you something. And 
ads from the 80s won't work on audiences today. Or ads from today certainly would not work on people in the 1980s. Like it's, yeah. you, have to, you have to get into the mind of the masses. Yeah, I feel like there's there's some sort of there's substance here for like either a documentary. I'm sure there's documentaries made about you know commercials over time, or maybe there should be like a museum of adver- I'm sure there is a museum of advertising maybe somewhere. Maybe we should make like, one. Yeah, they should make one. Um, anyway, where did we start? I think we just kind of trail off. Oh, television. We just had a, we just yeah. had a little discussion. It was yeah. okay. Nobody got hurt. I had a good time. Um, but why don't we get into the actual show? Shall we? Uh, Catriona, would you like to run us down and tell us what's going on on the show today? Sure, let's do it. Let's do the rundown. I'm practicing all night, guys. Hello, welcome. Today we will be looking at the, we'll be talking about Prey, the movie. Afterwards, we will then get into a discussion about quick hits. It's not really a discussion, it's a prepped thing. Then we will talk about what we all thought of Lal Singh Chada. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. I don't remember if that was correct. And then we're going to get into a little discussion of five reasons why or why not to watch She-Hulk. And then uh, For All Mankind, episode 10, uh, Dan will be discussing that. And it will be live. So there we go. Um, thank you. Hey, great. Hey, great yeah. job. Yeah, thank you. Hey, you nailed I, it. Uh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Working yeah, I don't know. I think... I would call that an improvement over. Oh yeah, past attempts. Yeah, it's because sure. uh, it's because Andrew had to say something to me on the side. So. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, yeah, I slapped her around a little bit, yeah. but she's in good shape. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I uh-huh. mean, don't go listening to strangers wearing blue shirts. That's all I'll say. So, yeah, especially. I know. Yeah. We we know news is so unreliable these days. We don't even know if the shirt was blue. You know, we know. I think everyone. We really is don't. Pretty sure. On that, probably on fit, that note, you know, you know what? Why news. don't we? Yeah. Why don't we make a poll? Was the shirt? No, I know. I have the shirt. I can. Yeah, we don't care about your opinion. It's, the, it's, it's about, not my opinion. It's objective uh, it's reality. The opinion it's of the, everyone the, on the, the, All right. Well, why don't I believe we have a comment of the week that we need to uh, address as well? Is that right? Oh yeah. Uh, yes. Let me find it. Just remember that if you're watching this. Speaking of blue. Uh, no, 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 no. Ho, 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 ho. Sure, it's blue. Just shirts. remember, if you're Speaking watching of this, you're finding shirt. you're enjoying the show. You are disagreeing with something or interact with us. You have a shot to be the comment of the week. So engage with us. You can comment on Instagram, on Twitch, on YouTube, pretty much anywhere that there's a comment box. Give us your thoughts, and uh, if they're compelling, or relevant, or interesting, we'll actually uh, we'll actually respond. So, what did uh, what do, what do we got this week? What's our compelling, interesting comment of the week comes from Elaine Coomer. Got oh, what's that first line? Guy let's, in let's blue shirt. Wow. Need to do some more research. The girl. The girl is right on. I'm 70 and I felt like the young girl is doing like most women, being obsessed with all he ever did and anything anybody said about him. It only makes you love him more when you hear all the comments made by people that knew him. He tried to take care of everybody. By the oh, way, oh, what, what's shirt. this? Yeah. 
Even men couldn't get over how good looking and what a presence Elvis was. So imagine how women feel. Those girls weren't screaming for nothing. Okay, well. Wow, he doubled down. He doubled, he said it twice. This is Elaine, this is a woman. Oh, sorry, she, she doubled down. She said it twice. Well, okay. Uh, Here he is, guys. Clearly, clearly, you know, you have an issue with the uh, reality. the 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 shirt is bl- is not blue. It's the shirt it's, is not blue. It's like it's like seven people with this opinion at this point. I think. Well, it's it's a, it's an opinion, and everybody's entitled to the, their opinion, I suppose. But uh, the shirt is the shirt is gray. There's it's it's not even up for debate. It's a fact. <laughs> um, in terms of the Elvis stuff. I can't, I can't figure out why this uh, particular video is getting the response that it is, but it is. And, uh, you know, I think what you're talking about is I was saying, like, they were turning Elvis into a civil rights hero. And I, I don't know if politics was so ingrained in uh, entertainment the way it is today back then. There were political issues involving Elvis, and he certainly did a lot um, in support of civil rights. But I don't think he was like a civil rights figure, you know. He was a good guy. Entertaining guy. Sexy guy. I'll give you that, Elaine. Sexy guy. Everybody likes Elvis. But, um, yeah. Do you think he had a blue shirt? He probably had shirts. Actually, we could. he was like Gatsby. He had shirts of every color the guy okay i've had enough of blue shirt it's not it's not blue i want to take a sip of coffee <sighs> quick hits shall we do quick hits oh sure no you? no no we we got something special before quick hits um what you guys clearly don't pay attention to the run <laughs> I it was in there. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm yeah, just, I, I I'm just I'm remember, just, like yeah. it said, pray. And our mind, I'm, I, I know it, it happens. It happens. I forgive sorry. you guys. Um, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Okay, so first, really? Okay, we'll talk about pray. We I won't talk it. about pray. Roland will talk about pray. Roland, right? Gonna, we'll we listen my opinion. to you know somebody what? talk about pray. clearly. Nobody wants my opinion on these things. Let's see what Roland had to say about. Hey guys, long time no see. How are you? I miss you. I know, we haven't talked in a while, but I wanted to make some time to talk about Prey 2022. It's a prequel to Predator, and it does a phenomenal job, all right? Uh, Naru is the protagonist who's just this underdog that you just can't help but root for. Um, She's often paired with uh, Sari, her dog, who's just adorable and just helpful and smart. And there's just, there's something about knowing that your protagonist is completely capable. You know, you see her training, you do all this stuff like that, you know, really prove herself. You know, there's there's an obstacle she needs to overcome, and she does it. Spoilers, sorry. It was good, I don't know, There's they use a couple different languages. Hopefully it's, it's correct. Um, I don't know, it seemed good, it seemed accurate, it seemed fun, which I think we needed. It's set in the most I mean, really, just the most macho time there was. You know, the cowboy time, 
You know, it's been a while since we've seen Quicksand. So I just want to give a shout out. Quicksand was everywhere. We all thought it was going to be a very serious thing every time we went in the woods. But it's not. And I'm glad they're bringing it back. I just wanted to do a little small review. Nothing too stylized like I usually do. But this was this was a fun movie. I like this. Uh, I'm working on some other stuff right now. So I, I didn't want to go too crazy uh, with this video. But overall, uh, Prey is pretty good. It's, it's very good. Okay, we're back. Uh, time for some quick hits. Let's see what went down uh, this week in the world of uh, movies, TV, you know, all that jazz. Um, let's, let's, let's swap out that graphic, please. There we go. Okay, so Top Gun Maverick, um, it uh, passed Titanic, believe it or not, at the domestic box office to become basically the seventh biggest domestic uh, movie of all time. By domestic, I mean North America, which includes, you know, US and Canada. So yeah, it marches on, man, $1.3 billion, and it's continuing to climb. So Top Gun Maverick nice. continues to break records. Um, still feeling the need for speed here. All right, so moving on to the next one, we have ourselves a report or multiple reports, um, you know, it's not confirmed, but uh, they're hinting at it. Basically that Warner Brothers Discovery has been in talks with Henry Cavill to bring him back as, you know, the DCEU Superman, which of course he first played in Man of Steel. And then um, he also came back uh, in the role in Justice League and Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and all the, you know, those projects. He, he wasn't actually brought back for the Shazam cameo. That was, you know, they just used the suit. But interesting. Um, all right, Sonic 3 has been announced. Um, Paramount Pictures said they're going to be releasing it in Christmas 2024. So it's been greenlit. It's in production. It will be out in a couple of a couple of years or more or less, a year and a half, if you will. It's not that far away. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I don't know. Honestly, I haven't really seen the first two all that much in parts. But I'll, I'll, I'll you know, try to make this one in theaters. Um, the first two have been successful, so I, I can only imagine this one, you know, Christmas time. So, more Tom Cruise news. Um, a new spin-off from the Tropic Thunder movie, you know, 2008, way back when. Les Grossman is likely to get his own film, finally. This is, you know, people have been asking for it. It's been rumored for a while. Tom Cruise is working on it now with uh, the same director who he's been working on with the new Mission Impossible movies, whose name is escaping me right now. But uh, yeah, Tom Cruise, Les Grossman uh, may live again, and I can't wait. That guy is amazing. He's awesome. Um, Prey. We, we're gonna, we just, you just watched a review of Prey if you've been watching the show. Prey broke Hulu's records. In fact, it broke all kinds of records for Disney streaming in general, like across the world where Hulu is a US only subscription and they're actually a Disney Plus or Star Plus. Basically, Prey became the streaming service's biggest premiere of all time for a movie or a TV show. And it continues to do well. I mean, Amber Midthunder, a fantastic job in the role. Uh, the, the lead for this movie and all in all it looks like Prey is you know doing gangbusters on the streaming service if you watch then let us know what you thought about the movie and well that's it but before I leave you um, let me let me remind you join us for live episodes of Bosa Curious every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern sometimes we do it at a different time than that you know there's delays and all that but we will let you know if that is the case but 1 p.m. Eastern time you can join us we talk about movies TV streaming music and existential philosophies of life so do join us in the fun. It is it is usually a lot of fun. We look forward to you know having you be a part of our movie fan community. So now let's move on here. We're gonna be talking about, let's see, what are we gonna be talking about? We're gonna be talking about 
Lal Singh Chadda, which is a Bollywood movie, a remake of Forrest Gump. Andrew, take it away. Lal Singh Chadda. You know what? Overall, I gotta say, I enjoyed this more than Forrest Gump. I've seen Forrest Gump plenty of times. Um, it's a classic. It's in the National Film Archives. It's an important movie um, because it does a really good job of weaving a fictional character into historical events. And these are events that tied American culture together. Um, what was nice about this is it was it was like watching Forrest Gump without that pesky Tom Hanks or that uh, annoying Sally Field. You know, it was great. I um, there were some <laughs> shot for shot things where it was um, I was like, yeah, this is, they, they nailed it. Some of the lighting even sort of feels like Forrest Gump. Um, I think every 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 country should have some character like Forrest Gump, some movie that does this, because I could, these were events that happened in Indian culture as opposed to American. So it's done the same way. I don't think going forward that we need to retell Forrest Gump with the leg braces and the challenges that he had. I think you could do something like this show a person's life through the history of the uh, of the country. And really the message being, we all are that character. We all have touched culture a little bit. And there's there's an everyman quality to these movies where we can we can always relate to time passing, to things happening in our lives and what we uh, you know how we how we deal with those things you were there what did you think yeah i liked it <laughs> uh no I, I i agree with what you're saying i mean we, we kind of already talked about this but uh i think um it was just so much more meaningful this version um there was it had everything had purpose everything that happened they they had like in the original one all that stuff that happened just felt like it was for comedy's sake this one it all felt um hermetic um i don't know if that's quite the right word it just felt like everything that lol did it had purpose meaning and it all tied into later events and it showed the reason for him being a good person why things would work out for him later on throughout the movie because um, sure. he was kind of paying his dues not that he had to but it's just he was showing kindness to people who had you know never experienced it and he was showing that despite all the horrible things he experienced in his life that he still remained a good positive person and because yeah. of that he was an infectious character for people who you would think would be lost causes and he changed their lives he made their lives better yeah and um I mean, I, you know, I know that in Forrest Gump, there were, like the original one, there were there were elements of that and everything, but it just felt so much more meaningful in this one. And I loved, um, I loved the culture of it. You know, watching the original one, it's kind of hard because it feels so trashy because it's like, you know, they're all Southerners. Like I, no offense to Southerners, but like, it's just, it's just oh, hard to like, oh, what? forward to those comments next week. Okay. That's I'm funny. sorry. I'm sorry. But like, 
okay southerners are fine i just it felt there were just things about it eh, you know what, whatever um my I shirt's just look at andrew cringing i'm sorry <laughs> cringing. that's a this is I this is care. what we in the business call smirking <laughs> but no there was just things about it that it was just like the culture around that just felt trashy whereas this one felt classy you know well, I mean, I know I I understand the point you're making. What I'm thinking is that like <laughs> what was nice about this is like we have him, you know, still wearing those running shoes. And it, there's again, there's that thing where like he he does the running across the country and that's Oh, that one. Okay, sorry. But, really quickly. Okay. No, 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 no. The running thing in this one was so much more had so much more meaning behind it again going back to like the original one and they had a song like, in there yeah great. it was a beautiful song and yeah. and the music it, was wonderful yes in the original one it's like he's running and it's just funny and in this one it's like he's going through like the meaning of life on this run anyway yeah. go ahead with what you were gonna say well sorry you know, southerners sorry we, southerners yeah that, let's, <laughs> let's highlight that one um so it's it's interesting because rather than just having him on a park bench um, or having him go onto the school bus, we see, you know, parallel scenes. Um, but he tells the story on a train, on a working class train. And he's, by, you know, by this point, he's, he's worth millions. Um, but he's sort of this man of the people guy who's, he just tells his story because he's friendly and people listen. And what's nice about it is that, like, as they start recognizing all of the great things and that he's been a part of, they they have their reactions, these incredulous, like, oh my God, you were a part of that. And even though I wasn't privy to a lot of these things because I grew up in America, I could buy their reaction because I had the same feeling. And like, I could see like his influence on the analog to the Elvis character. Um, it was just, it was cleverly done. And what I'll also say is that it had that feeling of a 90s movie, of a good, you know, just a feel-good movie. The music, the production, and just the overall message was very, honestly, classic Hollywood in a way that Hollywood hasn't been in a very long time. Did you yeah. get a chance to see it, Dan? Okay, so uh, completely honest, I haven't had the chance to go see it, and I do regret not having that... I just ran out of time doing everything for, you know, prepping for the show and whatnot. Like I barely just fit in for all mankind. I wanted to watch no. for all mankind. I wanted to watch Prey, and I wanted to watch Lao Tzu Chenda. But it's also, here's the other thing. This is, um, I want to just quickly touch upon this. Um, by the way, everything you guys have said about this movie, I agree. Everything I've seen about this so far, I've watched behind the scenes stuff. I've like how they made some of the songs and the other stuff. I, I saw, you know, some of the press junket stuff they've done. It's a whole, you know, it's it's a wholesome movie. It's made for a family audience, and I think that's part of it. Where Forrest Gump at times maybe wasn't so family friendly of a film, you know, there's specific scenes, yeah. for example, that are not super family friendly. This movie, on the other hand, you know, from everything I understand about it, is more wholly, you know, aimed at a family audience, and that ties into when it's coming out. So, uh, Miss Marvel is something that we have been watching for uh, earlier in the summer. 
And the, one of the big focuses of the show was, you know, the history of the family that Kamala Khan comes from. And, you know, her family uh, migrated from what was uh, what is now modern day India to modern day Pakistan. So from India to Pakistan, like they call it the partition in 1947, the two countries, you know, separated, became the two countries that they are when the British left. So. August 14th and August 15th are the independence days of the two countries. So today is the 14th. So I'm from Pakistan. So like, you know, it's Independence Day in Pakistan today. It's like the 4th of July, if you will. And then tomorrow on the 15th, it's Independence Day of India. The reason why was because the British magistrate wanted to be at both ceremonies and it couldn't be there on the same day. You know, back then they didn't have private jets. So the point being, this movie comes out on a long weekend in India. So it's a big Bollywood release. Amir Khan and Karina Kapoor are two of the biggest stars in in the uh, that part of the world, as well as, you know, when you go internationally, they are big representatives of what Bollywood is. So this movie, along with, there's another one called Raksha Bandhan, which has got Akshay Kumar in it, who is another big time actor who's been around for like three decades as well, just like Amir Khan has been. These two movies are dueling it out of the box office. And I just wanted to kind of touch upon like the dynamic of like, they released this specifically now because there there is a lot of, you know, like a lot of what forests are, Lal does in this movie is like these acts of what you would call maybe patriotism or things of that nature, right? Like, you know, there's a um, there's a nationalistic fervor to like parts of the movie, which ties into when it's coming out and how it ties into the history and the culture of the country, which is, and, I think and it explores it is, in an earnest is, manner. Yeah, every, yeah, it is earnest. It's, it is feel good. Um, and that's really what I was, what I'm saying about the idea that every country should have something like this. It's it's nationalism. It's healthy nationalism that draws people together. That's could, really I mean, I think nationalism culture. may be the wrong word. Maybe you want to call it it's patriotism. Not, it's not. It's it, patriotism. You know what? Yeah. It's not. It's not flag waving patriotism. It's right. It's you know observing, and it's not nationalism even in a charged sense. It's just nationalism in the objective sense of the word, which is, I am part of a nation just by the, by the fact that I was born. My family was, you know, part of these stories. This history affected my life. And it's what a character like this does. Is it says all of us who are watching this have experienced this. And this is, it's not about, you know, some people have, this is, this is what draws people together to say we are Indians, you know. And even in Forrest Gump, there was a lot in there that, you know, the Vietnam War, whichever side of it you were on, he was just a guy, and maybe that's that's sort of the the genius of having a dumb character, you know, who's like I don't, he doesn't feel one way or another about it. He's just he's just living through it, and a lot of us don't get the chance to be like, well, I don't know what I think about that. You're just living through it because stuff is happening, and you know, I think it makes a it it, it walks the line of you know being apolitical to a certain degree while still acknowledging these things happened it pays tribute to history without commenting on it too uh pointedly yeah that, and that's in that manner i think it is similar to forrest gump too right it's um I, oh i muted myself again didn't i um no, but i was i was just saying in that manner it's similar to forrest gump because what you're seeing in this movie is 
like you know we live in we keep saying we live in unprecedented times i feel like but like when you go back and read the history books from like when we were older and like we go back and read about what was going on in 2022 it won't it won't feel the same as somebody reading the history book who didn't live through it because we were like yeah. we, we were just there like i remember like you could tell a story about what you were doing when some kind of big event was happening you know where like the pandemic was going on and I was sitting at home and they're like what was that like well it's sort of it's, it's in that way i think just the concept of forrest gump and what that movie was i think taking that concept and trying to then like you said apply it to different cultures and and parts of the world it's a fantastic yeah. way to learn now, about the history and culture and values of that country yeah what i will say is that there's some stuff that's like word for word there's some stuff that's you know shot for shot and again i think we don't need to remake Forrest Gump as Forrest Gump with the exact same story, you know, and the exact same limitations. Like, I think it would be refreshing to just say, hey, this is our Forrest Gump. Um, but give him, we don't need to, how many times can I really see the, uh, you know, breaking free from the, from the braces? You know, it's, that, that's one of the gripes <laughs> that I have. I also think um, the, the relationship between the Jenny character and uh and lol her name is rupa in this uh i i don't like that relationship it's not a good it's not a good well, relationship it's similar um, to like the jenny character right it's like an no, abusive no. and that's no? yeah it's definitely abusive that's the yeah. thing it's like there's although she was she was nicer in this one she was she, nicer but like yeah. we should if we're gonna if we're gonna make improvements on uh on this story let's make sure that she's a bit more uh reasonable and likable and not uh not i mean so, they might have uh, opportunistic but that's the point too is like all of these people in his life that i know but despite she's got, she, the way she, he's she, treated he's still a good person he's he yeah he's he's a great person as well she's the one i have a problem with yeah i mean i think that's part of but okay so this is a direct like you know they credit eric roth who wrote the original screenplay for forrest gump mm -hmm. um so this is a direct re like this is they call it an official remake because paramount pictures is involved and that yacom 18 the indian division of paramount pictures produced the movie so i feel like maybe they thought some of these elements were almost like crucial to the to the core of what this story was and if it wasn't if it was more of an adaptation than a remake yes. then they would have probably felt a little more open to changing some of so, those things. So here's here's yeah. what I'm here's what I'm going off of here because there was some stuff that was shot for shot, um, but there were other things that they made they made significant changes to. There's no shrimp boat in this, you know. There's um, there's there's no shrimping industry in this. You know, we just it's it's more tied into a, a realistic thing that fits into the culture. I won't spoil it here for you. Um, yeah, but he but still I, goes through that process. He goes through, and that's what I'm saying, is like we can see this progression and we can tell these stories without all of the details being exactly the same. And so they push the envelope there, which I think was a good move. And I think if we see more countries coming out with their own Forrest Gump types of movies, um, they shouldn't be afraid to change some, some more of those minor details. But don't you think yeah. that people like that relationship? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I will say like there were some times where I was watching it and I was playing the Forrest Gump scene in my head, you know, and watching yeah, them same. in parallel. Mm -hmm. So 
but that's know. the thing is like everybody's favorite line from that movie is you know you'll always be my genie or whatever he says right? that's not my favorite line that's like that's everybody's <laughs> like that. most my quoted favorite line, line is i just kept running <laughs> i okay i all of that said i do want to ask this because uh, katriana i don't know how how many i guess let's go around the table so andrew this is I believe your third Bollywood experience because you've seen a couple other Bollywood movies for the show. And those were by comparison to this very different movies. Although in both cases, they were more or less remakes, not official remakes, but remakes. This is more of a, you know, like a remake that like the advertising is a remake. It is more of, uh, it sticks more closer to the original story structure, Mm -hmm. but obviously like you said they have had to make some changes they've updated it they've sort of modernized it because like like katriana you mentioned forrest gump you can't just make a shot for shot remake and expect it to resonate even if it wasn't hollywood with the current audience that would go and watch a movie like that and especially in india where like you know the audience would not connect to a lot of the same things but the question i wanted to ask andrew like how how are you looking at like the idea of remaking something and then using it as not an, only an opportunity to just tell that story again in maybe a slightly different context, but also maybe improving upon the original. Like, do you think Lal Singh Chadda did that versus Forrest Gump or, or, or no? You know, I, I don't think it would be right to say that it improved it. Um, they, it was an adaptation and they, they made it their own. And... You know, listen, I know Forrest Gump is a great film. It's one of the great films of all time. And it is. Like, it's, you're not going to beat Forrest Gump at its own game, especially if you're saying we're remaking it. Um, I think what you, what you do with that, and you go, you say, that's a great idea. That did something for America. That did something for actors and for, and for writers. And like, it, it showed what could be done with film. This didn't really innovate, and it didn't really, you know, improve Forrest Gump. It's it's telling the same story. I think what they did is they successfully adapted it, and, you know, made it relevant to their culture, which is a triumph, I would say. I think I actually think in ways they improved. Uh, on it like like what i said earlier giving purpose to all of those moments um that in the original one just felt more like it was for comedic effect which i think works for that version um and there were some funny things in this one as well but i think it was just more of a a meaningful version of it and um so and like i said about the karma of it everything that he does having a purpose and that it all ties back in together and i know the original one did that too but it just it felt so much more meaningful in this one um yeah okay well it was it was a beautiful movie um if you what i will say in terms of just you know the the bollywood comparison there were no like dance numbers that wasn't like (laughs) breaking into song um but what I will say is, like, if you are kind of in the mood for something that's feel good, that's familiar, but isn't, um, you know, isn't necessarily something that you've seen before, this this was so refreshing. And Bollywood movies tend to be really refreshing uh, for me because there's no American politics in it. There's no um, 
none of our culture like you can really kind of escape to movie land again and just be entertained so i maybe this is where we, we go out on this go see it give it a shot if you're not into bollywood if you've never seen bollywood movies like they really they really did a good job here and then tell us what you think follow us be our friend you know uh comment uh disagree with us agree with us tell me my shirt's the wrong color the wrong color and uh we will uh, we will we will always enjoy having more people join our and, movie you know before community. we finish though i do want to pose the other another question so this is you know we we made, not only reviewed the movie but we took a shot at comparing you know this bollywood remake to the original hollywood film it's not always the case that Bollywood's making remaking a Hollywood movie. Uh, there are some examples where the things have gone the other direction. But now we have done like three of these where we watch the Bollywood movie, we watch the Hollywood movie and compare them. And I think we have fun doing it. But if you guys enjoy watching us do that and you'd like us to do more of that, then let us know because we would love to, you know, touch upon more of like it because I think there's tremendous value in, you know, seeing how to very different cultures approach let's say the same story on screen like it's it's a it's fantastic exploration of cultures ideals and values and uh, philosophies of filmmaking let's, let's call let it us that. know yeah. let us know we want to hear from you people but now shall we move on to our tribute to the late and great olivia newton john here it is We got chills that multiplied for decades. From a sound that sold over a hundred million records, an innocent voice of hopeless devotion that transformed into the provocative image of a classic blonde, Olivia Newton-John. For a woman who claimed all she knew how to do was sing, the evidence was stacked against her. True, by the time she was 23, she had already won over the UK and Australian charts with two solo albums, and just three years later was a major contender for Eurovision, leading to infiltrating the American pop and country music scene, earning her two Grammys, with records consistently going gold. For a time, it was rare that one of her songs was not among the Billboard's highest ranked. Countless attempts have been made at the portrayal of Sandy Dombrowski on stage, but a play would forever be changed by the inclusion of Olivia, whose Australian accent would be written into the script. For the everlasting portrayal, of Sandy Olson in Greece. Playing a radically transforming character suited her, as she had no trouble jumping across continents or seemingly disparate genres as a vocalist. She would continue to shapeshift collaborating with the best musicians the 20th century had to offer. Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Elton John. 
Andy Gibb, and Electric Light Orchestra. She went from gold to platinum through more transformations. Always presenting the earnest and pure vocals that came so naturally to her. A pioneer of the music video art form. Olivia Newton-John's movies always fared better when accompanied by a record with her voice on it. The soundtrack to Grease is still one of the best-selling soundtracks of all time. And the film, couched in nostalgia from the outset, remains an untouchable, timeless classic. In simply being what she was, a singer, the world could faithfully cast her in many lights. Maybe that's what makes a good collaborator into a versatile artist. And a record from an old movie about even older times. Worth playing again. Okay, so let's talk about five reasons to watch She-Hulk and five reasons not to watch She-Hulk. Of course, She-Hulk, as uh, you may or may not know, is the newest Marvel uh, series on Disney+. Plus. Sorry, I don't know why I was blanking on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's it's a show that it, it sort of follows, I don't know, what you, what would you call it? It's 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 like a spin it's like a secondary character to to the hulk the incredible hulk and 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 the show overall is designed like a 30 minute sitcom so let's we're we're just going to dive into reasons why we think the show is worth watching and the Wait, reasons why the show to be, it's supposed to be funny it's supposed to be it's supposed to be funny fourth wall breaking funny you know like the, her character is similar to deadpool in the comics so um, oh, look at that. You're already diving into the reasons not to watch. Let's start with the reasons to watch. So okay. here's the first reason. The first reason to watch the show, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. He's back. I mean, you know, he's been front and center in the marketing uh, in his professional Hulk I don't Hulk think form. that's a reason to like it. I, well, I, I think it's, you know, great actor. He's been he's one of the OGs of the, the MCU. Looking forward to seeing him back. Katriana, I know you were excited about Tim Roth because you didn't even know oh, he was yeah. coming back. Yeah, so, I love that guy. I, I don't think <laughs> Bob, I'll watch it anyway, but I like, you know, I just want to throw out there that I like Tim Roth. Yeah, well, <laughs> we got him back, and then we have seen, uh, this is from straight from the trailer, this this image here. Charlie Cox's Daredevil is here in this show. I don't know if he's going to make a cameo, if he's got an extensive role to play, whatever. It looks well, like his the, costume I, is... If they're going to be lawyers, I'm sure they're going to be adversaries in court or something. Mm. That's probably Which it. Which is corny. Yeah. Adversaries on the court and on the streets. <laughs> it's the costume looks a little different. You got a little more of that comic uh, accurate yellow tied into the red. So they've kind of changed that up a little bit. Real, I'm sure they'll explain what the reason is. I don't even know if these are the same Daredevil as what we saw in the Netflix show. 
Um, anyway, moving on. Reason number four, Benedict Wong's Wong will be in the show. Uh, we've seen him in the trailer. There's this really funny clip where he's like, you know, this we follow the- This is all one reason. This huh? is all what I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I got to stop you. This is all one reason. And that's that it ties in with the MCU. Basically there's, and this is going somewhere just to stick with me here. I'm clearly, you're I clearly so. noticing a pattern here, but uh, Tatiana Maslany's She-Hulk, of course. I mean, Tatiana Maslany as an actor, or Maslany, however you want to pronounce her name. She is a fantastic actress, Orphan Black. You know, she's done a, a number of other things. This Although, you know, even though she's been around for a long time, I think this uh, show has the potential to be her breakout role. And despite the fact that maybe some of the trailers are not, you know, draw, like drawing everybody's attention quite the same way that maybe Moon Knight did, I think, you know, she will probably be maybe the best reason to watch the show. What I'm worried about, though, is reasons number one to four, which, you know, I think those are good reasons to watch the show. But let me put it to you guys. Clearly, of the five reasons to watch the show, four of them have something, but not so much to do directly with the main character of the show, She-Hulk. So, before before I contradict myself, just tell me which reason this stands out to you. Why, why would you want to watch the show out of those five reasons? You want to take this one? Really? I okay. mean, I... Uh... I, I heard about this a while ago and I wasn't, I was never really, it's never, I don't care about Hulk. I don't care about She-Hulk. So there's that going for me, but I like Tim Roth, you know, I might, uh, might tune in on his episodes. He's not going to be in the whole thing, right? I don't know. I mean, okay. So in the trailer, they say that she's hired by a government, new government agency that's set up and she's hired as the attorney to represent Tim Roth's abomination in some kind of a case of some kind. So maybe he's part of like a few episodes. I looked, okay, so we're going to go over this next, but this has got nine episodes and they're not going to be terribly long. So I'd imagine he was probably making like an extensive cameo, if anything. He was, he made that cameo. Well, I don't think it was him. There was just the animated version of the Abomination character in Shang-Chi. So we saw him there. Can't he just have his own show? Like, I Maybe. Like, maybe maybe this is a backdoor pilot to giving him his own. I don't know. No, maybe he's going to be part of the Thunderbolts movie. Who knows? I, you know, I, you know I'm going to try to... You know what would be exciting for me? They're not going to do this. Get get Saul Goodman on there. That's <laughs> Then I'd be happy. I'm going to try to give it the benefit of the doubt, and I'm just going to throw it out there and say that maybe our lowered expectations will end up surprising us in the end, and this could end up being a great show. Yes, you know, they, one, it's one, yeah. one great strategy for enjoying all the content coming out is to lower your standards. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that's... I have. I, I think... made up this quote the other day. It was like, uh, uh, when you... When you never try, you're never disappointed or something. I don't know what I said. You know, Words you know? to live great, by. Yeah, exactly. When you I, don't try, you're never I've heard something like that before. Anyway, all right, let's... So I think we have hit, hit this one on the mark for the most part. I personally, for one, am cautiously optimistic. So I'll leave it at that for now. Let's talk about reasons yeah. not to watch. I mean, imagine if the reactions to your reasons to watch, like, I can't imagine I what you have to say about Here's, here's what I'm thinking. I feel like you're going to come up with five reasons not to watch it. And I'm going to be like, there's more, you know, but let's, let's find out. All right. Okay. So reason number one for not watching She-Hulk would be, 
And you might think this is a reason to watch because, hey, look, I they actually got nine think episodes. this is a reason to watch. Yeah, it. I think it's, it is. It's like, like the one. yeah, th that's the okay. big problem is that like so many of these Marvel things are just impossible to digest. Mm -hmm. I miss sitcom length stuff. Show me sitcoms well, again. So this is like WandaVision. WandaVision ran like 30 minute long episodes, give or take a few minutes. And it was set up like a sitcom. And this one, I believe the run times are like 32 minutes, 34 minutes, 29. Those numbers include credits. So basically the episode itself is probably 20, 25 or 20 to 22 minutes. And, and you know, then you got credits. But I, to me, like this is a negative because that means even though they're giving us nine episodes, we may be like left asking for more or saying there's not enough time to develop all, all the characters that. and pay off the stories they're setting up. Anyway, moving on. So reason number two not to watch She-Hulk is the recent record of the MCU on Disney+. Plus. We have seen shows like Loki. We have seen shows like Moon Knight. Even for me, like WandaVision, they all failed to stick the landing. Like they had some good things going, but then the last episode or last two episodes, usually the penultimate episode is good. But the last episode, for some reason, they leave mm. themselves too much ground to cover. And then they don't have enough runtime to do that. So that's been my issue. Miss Marvel, for me, has the only, been the only show that stuck the landing. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, She-Hulk does it. But I'm not optimistic about that. Now, let's talk about reason number three. Everybody's super problem. We'll go over this in a bit more, I'm sure. But we have talked about this in the past. The fact that in the MCU now, seemingly, almost everybody you run into has superpowers. And yep. so... You know, like that, uh, I keep forgetting his name from The Incredibles, um, the villain in that th first Dr. Incredibles Doom? movie. Oh, oh, sorry. The Incredibles, not the Fantastic Four. The Incredibles. Cyclone. Cyclone. He, he was like when everybody's super. Syndrome. Nobody. Sorry. Si what? His name's Syndrome, not Cyclone. Syndrome, I'm yeah. Sorry. He's, you know, when he's laying out his evil plan to Mr. Incredible, he's like when everybody's super, nobody will nobody be. And is. I'm like, yeah. boom, that's the MCU's problem right now. Um, cause it's the novelty is gone. Now the annoyingly bad CGI is, is what I put down as user number four, because I look at it and well, you can see uh, this character has to be almost entirely animated when she's in our Hulk form. And that for a TV, for a movie is hard enough, uh, no less on a TV show. And the, the timelines on which an MCU projects run, we have heard reports recently that VFX artists are running to the ground with it. The first trailer came out and people were like, this CGI looks terrible. They improved upon it with the next trailer. But I'm worried that the consistency won't be there from episode to episode, much like in Moon Knight. Some of the CGI was great and then or some cats. of the CGI was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> reason number five, the last one. This kind of ties into the four out of the five reasons to watch the show, which is, well, of the five reasons we pointed out, four of them were not Jen Walters slash She-Hulk. There were other characters that are like MCU adjacent, but not, you know, maybe you wouldn't say they're, you know, they will probably have cameos, but they won't be playing central roles in the show. So Jen Walters could get overshadowed in her own show, not only by Wong and Daredevil and Abomination, but the Hulk himself, right? Even the trailers, I feel like a lot of people are interested in the show simply because they want to see Mark Ruffalo's Hulk do something else in the MCU. So of all these reasons to not watch the show, which of those stick out to you? Ketriana, I'll start with you. Um. Oh, not to watch? Not to watch. Uh, oh, the reasons that I just went over, which of those stick out yeah, to you yeah, the yeah. most? Sorry, now I, I kind of got to go back and think about them again. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> <Me>? <laughs> just, just do it. Just do oh. it and I'll... 
I well, gotta, I think, you know, I gotta think about this. None of those reasons particularly. Um, I, it's the the concept of a pissed off woman, you know, rampaging through the streets. I've seen enough of that in my life. I don't need to see that on TV. I uh, I'm just not interested. Period. Do you like regular Hulk? You like seeing a, not particularly a dude stomp around in the streets? Not really. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I've just never been. I, you know, I'm not. I don't know anything about you. Unless, Maybe if I unless see it, I'll it's like it. Yeah, if it's a sitcom and they're really going for laughs, if they really nail the comedy, maybe. That would do it for me. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, it's funny that she's, you know, destroying the city or something, or like just like getting angry. If the, if you're poking fun at that, I doubt that's what they're doing. Um, Are we getting like canned laughter? That'd be kind of that'd be, fun to oh, see. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, you and know then what? when Again, certain characters what? come in, they're all like, Woo! We should we should watch it and then if um, if it doesn't measure up we should we should do our own edit with uh, little laugh tracks where it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a, that sounds like a plan. I wouldn't mind doing that. <laughs> I mean, I'm. So this thing, you know, we've talked about this. It's it's a show that it feels crowded. That's that's the one way to put it for me. This is nine episodes. They're sitcom sized, and we don't have any reviews up for it yet because it doesn't look like anybody got advanced screenings of it. Which maybe it implies something good. I don't know. Maybe there's some surprises in it in the show. But the idea that you have all these characters—I mean, I'm worried that with so little runtime, they're not going to have enough time to flesh out her character, no less introduce all the other things that they're trying to do. Because this is meant to clearly tie into like a number of other projects that are ongoing. In the MCU, yeah. I think there's meant to be like a, sec a secret invasion tie into this, which is another MCU series that uh, Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury is going to be a part of. And I think there's scrolls that might show up. They've already made hints of that within within the within the trailers. I am excited. And, the, and then if you watch the latest uh, trailer, it showed um, the reason why you know, or the origin of how she, you know she gets her powers jen walters gets her powers but just they keep it fairly comic accurate but the the surprising part is there's like a ship that just pops up in front of them and they're driving on the road and then it veers them off and the, down the cliff they go but the ship looks basically the same as the ship that the grandmaster used and and Thor ragnarok which mm. means of all the cameos we have already talked about, the biggest one that we haven't talked about, which they might have hinted at with that, you know, little shot in the trailer, is Jeff Goldblum's Grandmaster might be in the show too, because he wants his, you know, champion back, which is the Hulk. Like that's where we find him in Ragnarok. So this is this is their strategy, you know, it, just more cameos, more actors, more more superheroes. And it's and that's my concern. You can so you can imagine. I'm think looking at this, and I'm like, you're giving nine episodes versus six, which has been the norm for a while for these shows. I mean, WandaVision had nine episodes, and yeah. um, well, I was gonna say, well, Daredevil's gonna get eighteen episodes, but that's like a couple of years out. Whatever. The point I'm trying to make is, I don't think that's enough of a runtime. I think that's we need more I, time with I the really, character. I, well, gonna, when it's I a show it. about a woman. And who needs to see more than nine 20-minute episodes, huh? Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, when, when I, when I, um, when I completely lost track of what I was going to say. That just made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> it, 
I'm literally, I'm literally drawing a blank. This here. is this is um, uh, Catriona taking revenge for the rundown. I suppose so. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Um, yeah. I. We're gonna talk about a blue shirt. I, oh, here's what I was gonna oh. say. Please don't bring up the blue shirt again. I, gray shirt. I. Um, it's, the, it's not I, me. It's not. It's the, it's the people watching. That's. I, I I'm gonna push back on the runtime being. Uh, a problem i really think that there's a problem with effective communication in tv right now and the sitcom had to be 30 minutes it had to be tight you had to hold people's attention you had to be able to like if commercials were you know running in between the segments of the show you had to be able to pick up in the middle of the show and understand without having seen the first act what was going to happen in act two and act three and I think that, you know, creativity thrives in constraints. And the more constraints we put on these people, the more creative and the more innovative they will be, the better the storytelling will be. I think a big problem with the MCU is they have no constraints. They got all the money in the world, all the best actors if they want them. You know, Disney's backing them and saying, we're going to do whatever you want. They can put do other shows they can do bonus content there's literally no restraint on them this this is the type of thing that leads to good innovation um and it'll probably make it a better show that's that's fair i mean i thought that's it worked in the, in the favor of wandavision up until the final episode when they decided well f all that this needs to have an mcu like you know big action set piece ending to it which the rest of the show completely did not warrant and that's what threw me off so i'm hoping i mean you know if it sticks to that kind of a trajectory that the final episode doesn't end up screwing everything over that they'd built up up until then and and that's that's my concern that you know they'll get the eight first eight episodes for the most part right we'll have you know there'll be ups and downs but then the last episode will leave a bad taste in your mouth and that's why I'm hesitant. Like, I'm thinking about doing weekly reviews of this show. But honestly, I'm going to wait until I've watched the first episode. And, and I'm really sure that I want to do that, put myself through all that work. Because it is a lot of work to talk about, you know, a show like this on a week-to-week -week basis. But, yeah, and it has to be worth it. I mean, you know, these things, this show has to be good. And well, I think I'm, the MCU needs another one of those. Miss Marvel was good, but it underperformed in viewing numbers. This show probably will get more viewers, but it needs to be good. We'll see. I we'll see how they pull it off. We'll see if it's worth doing uh, week to week reviews, and if not, you know, you'll come back and you'll probably hear what we have to say about the whole season, and we'll see if they pull it off. I hope they do. You know, I I for all all of the uh, criticism I give to the MCU, I really just want it to succeed. I would like for everything to be of fantastic quality, um, and that's why I'm so hard on everything. Anyway, be our friend, be our subscriber, be the woman of my dreams if you're out there. I don't know, but somebody, somebody stop me. Be a, <laughs> be a, join, join our, our movie fan community. Subscribe, uh, follow us on Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch. We're expanding in this internet world. We're getting bigger and bigger every day, and we enjoy it when you are part of that. Okay, I kind of botched that, but why don't we move on to the next thing? For all mankind. This is it. Down to the wire. 
we just actually not me just you you just watched the last episode of this season it's been a long time coming this has been 10 episodes a lot of stuff building and we you just saw it so how do you feel why don't we just start with how do you feel oh man okay so i i literally right before the show started i was trying to like get through the whole episode and it was a 90 minute long episode which i welcome like a longer season finale it's just something that today i was like i wish it was 60 minutes because i would have had more time to set up the show but even even so like you know i could like i could not look away like i was like trying to multitask and i just could i was like i can't do this i need to watch the show because they had so many storylines happening throughout the season and basically they found a way to bring all of them to culminate in in this final episode like we talked about it last week you had they all of a sudden found out that a korean astronaut was the first man to land on mars not the americans or the russians you had issues like margo like you know potentially getting arrested by the fbi uh you know his company helios getting taken over the, the board throwing out the ceo all the stuff happening on mars with kelly being pregnant and and then as you found out in this episode what's been going on with danny's brother leads into like the bombing of the johnson space center like all of that stuff that to deal with and and so you're constantly bouncing between all of these different things and we're also finding all about like you know we're still dealing with the aftermath of president wilson you know announcing that she's she's gay and then the the, the political fallout of that like the first gay president this is still the 90s and right well, you so know, her ask... vice president is turning against her. Her entire Republican Party is turning against her. So, so much, so much went on. I've got to ask, just because this show has a track record of it, did we see any more time jumps in this episode? Or <laughs> did we just follow up right where things left off and we got all the falling action? Did we get a so, sense of resolution here? Yeah, so the last episode ended with with us, you know, finding the Korean astronaut. It wasn't an unmanned probe, and he's pointing his gun at the Russian-American astronaut. And then at the start of this episode, we see the Russian, uh, sorry, the Korean astronaut landing on Mars and what he went through the isolation before he finally realized there were other people on the on on the planet because he was basically left there to die. And then from there, we just get into the action of what's happening in the here and now. And then by the end of the episode they do do a time jump and they jump forward. I don't know. It's not really a full decade. It's like five, six years, something like that. They jump to um, 2003. So when we end this the season, we're in 2003 and we kind of see where our characters are at this point. And there's this really weird switch that happens where Margot, who fell in love with the, the, the head of the, the Roscosmos, who was then, you know, removed at the head after the KGB found him to be not useful anymore. She finally gets him, uh, the CIA to like extract him from Soviet, from the Soviet Union and his family. And he goes to the Ramstein Air Base in Germany and then to the US. And now he's living in America as an American citizen, I assume. Whereas Margot, to escape the FBI, catching her and arresting her, essentially after investigating her handing documents to the Soviets for the, for this rocket plans, which is what she was like, being extorted for through the person she loved at Roscosmos. There's a whole thing about that. So, so the person that she got out of the Soviet Union is now living in the U.S. And, and, and she 
is in Moscow. Basically, the way things go down at the end of the bombing in the Johnson Space Center, nobody finds her. So everybody presumes she died, like no remains were found or whatever. So to the world, Margot is dead. And I'm assuming somebody else would have taken her position as director at NASA, but she's living in Moscow. So all of a sudden, the two of them switch places. And it's just this like these two people who love each other just can't find a way to come together because uh, they thought they were going to you know, be able to like live out the rest of their lives in the U.S., but now they're just switched places. Not to mention, wow. they, end up, they ended up leaving a bunch of people behind on Mars because they didn't have enough fuel to get everybody to this station that was in orbit. They only had enough to get Kelly up to orbit so that she could give birth to her child, um, which they couldn't do on Mars because they didn't have the equipment. And she had, she got a, it was a, what do you call it? Like she, the baby was born premature by a month. And hmm. so, it's fantastic. 90 minutes, it felt like yeah. a movie and you had to be watching the rest of the season to follow along. But I, this show is fantastically written and I, I've seen reviews for it from other people and they're all right in saying that this is not only the best sci-fi show on TV today, it may be the best show on TV today, period. Really? So, yeah. all right, so this was the finale. Do we get a sense of finality, like the show is done? Or do, are they laying plans for the next season, the next big time jump? And if that is the case, like, do you think, based on the track record of the show, do we jump into the next decade and just get hints at the fallout? Or would you would you think that we'd pick up with these characters again? Because we did break into the new millennium. Yeah. Um, honestly, the, the, the new millennium part in 2003, they only showed like a couple of shots at the end maybe a minute's worth of footage. So mm -hmm. we don't really see where things are beyond where the, some of those characters are at that point in time. But they do set up a lot of what's going to happen. So, uh, but there's a lot of question marks. We don't know where Helios is at this point. Helios's founder wanted to, um, to, like he wanted to double down on Mars, but the board of directors were like, it's too risky, it's costing us money, people are dying, because a lot of people died on this expedition. So, so basically what, what he wanted to have happen was he wanted to double down on Mars and basically they even showed like a model that looks similar to the Starship that SpaceX is working on today as like the first truly fusion powered spaceship that Helios would be developing. But the yeah. board wanted to focus on uh, helium-3 mining on the moon, which would then support uh, fusion reactors on Earth, which is kind of timely because this week Can some I... news came out that we got breakthrough in nuclear fusion at the Lawrence Liverpool Livermore Laboratory. And we might finally be able to get a sustainable fusion reaction going in real life. And that's what's, where the show is. I mean, we are 20 years ahead of this show I know. in real life. But what's, what's interesting to me is that yeah. for the last century or more, anytime we talked about the future, we talked about like the new millennium. We always talked about like, yeah, flying cars, jetpacks, and, you know, then the new millennium came and... We like, we tried to make it, you know, we put a, a facade of like, it's the new millennium on top of it. Um, but we really didn't hit our mark on a lot of those things. We're st still no flying cars, really not a like there's been attempts at jetpacks, but not in like a mainstream way. Um, what, what's interesting to me about the, the state of science fiction now <laughs> is like, or hoverboard, yeah, um, is, now, instead of, you know, jumping way into the future and casting a net that says, 
we'll have these things by this by this time. Now it's we should have. We're going back and we're saying like, look at like we were on track. Imagine if if it had gone this way. And what if we had a fusion reaction in the early 2000s? And it's it's just really nothing more than an observation to say. Um, I, and that's fantastic. I mean, this show does a backwards and to the uh -huh. side. Yeah. We're looking backwards into the side as opposed to forward. Yeah, I that's the part that I love about the show is it presents this alternate history, but then it makes it feel so real. Like you can almost imagine yourself stepping into the world of the show and, 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 and it would feel as real to you as the world you live in. And that's the yeah. testament to the writers, the producers, Ronald D. Moore, like the person who created the show. His ability to tell a story that is so layered and so textured that you can just imagine. Like, there's a lot of shows you can maybe say that about, but not a lot of shows that you can truly say, if all of a sudden I woke up tomorrow and realized the TV show I'm watching is my reality and my reality is a TV show, that I would, you know, I wouldn't, I would know exactly what to do, where to go to buy groceries, and 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 you know what what would be going on in the news when I pull up the newspaper or pull up my iPhone, whatever. This show dives into all of those aspects of society beyond just the main story, and they do a great job with that. So I mean, again, yeah. I think this is the best show on TV right now. Now that it's finished airing its latest season, they've already announced that it's renewed for the next season. Season four is going to be coming out ask. probably in a year, and I can't Good. wait. It's honestly that gives me and anybody watching a lot of time to catch up with everything that's gone on. It, it, to be up to date on this, um, you know, it, there's a lot to watch. But I'm I'm actually interested in taking a look at this and seeing how we get to uh, to this point uh, because now, as I said, what interests me about science fiction and about all of these um, time jumps is like I'd like to see the future that somebody's imagining. I, that's that's the appeal of something like this. Um, of course, it's gonna be an alternate reality, but I guess when you look back at every other science fiction thing that took place in the future, those were too, because we're here now. Yeah. But uh, yeah. thank you for watching this show. Make sure that you like and subscribe, tell your friends about Oh So Curious. We're trying to cover as much of this content coming in there's a lot of content we're kind of your filter to say watch this don't watch this uh you know and give you some commentary about the state of affairs of uh media it's interesting it's the water we're swimming in so tell us what you think how are you experiencing all of this and uh find us on all the media we're we're there you can pretty much find us anywhere and now subtle seamless transition into the next segment which is a little bit of a review of Prey, which you mentioned is doing better than any movie that's ever been released on Hulu. Um, I watched it. I watched it last night. Um, eh. And that's it. Thank you. That's it. That's my spoiler free Have a great review. day, everyone. <laughs> yeah. No, it, I don't know, I, you know, I think it was for what it was, I, I enjoyed it. It was like a very uh, high budgeted sci-fi original movie. You know um, what you're saying right now is basically a really long. <laughs> no, I mean, look, okay. I liked that. Um, 
you know, they they in moments they did speak uh, traditional. I think it's Comanche? pronounced com, com, yeah Comanche. Yeah. Uh, I wish the whole movie had been that. Uh, me too. I I think that kind of took me out of it at points. Yeah. Um, and it was I saw that there was an option that you could choose to watch the entire movie in the Comanche in language. Comanche. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, okay, that's cool. I threw it on, and then I realized you can't have. Um, subtitles so like you don't even know what they're oh. saying or at least my option didn't i tried getting i prefer it. that and in um, fact let me, I don't know in fact thing. what i well, did it was okay because i this movie was not one that required close attention to dialogue at all no that's true i but literally I, put headphones in and listened to something else what'd you listen to music because the storytelling is good. It's well, maybe effective. that's why you felt like men. No, no, because every once in a while, I'll pop out and be like, "Ah, uh, okay, they're French, not American." And then, but and then it was a. Uh, it just wasn't. It's a weird way to watch a movie. Yeah. No, no, it definitely no, wasn't. No, captivating. I didn't start out. I didn't start out with it, but like after about 30, 45 minutes of it, I was like, "I'm not really getting any extra information here." So you could watch it in Comanche and just because. The point of this movie seems to be communicating with other life forms that don't and getting into that space of I'm the hunter, you're the thing being hunted. And it does do a really good job of establishing that relationship between predator and prey because everybody's hunting. Everybody Wait. could be a predator or prey in this movie. What do you What do you mean communicating with other life forms? They never tried talking to it. So glad you asked, um, because she sets out on this mission to hunt something and bring something back to her tribe. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. At first, you know, she she tries to uh, hunt a I guess a mountain lion, mm -hmm. and then at another point, actually through the whole movie, she's got that dog with her, and. They, she talks, she literally speaks to the dog, but she's got ways of communicating with the dog that aren't, it's not like the dog is a talking dog and goes, yes, master, I agree. Like, there's, there's a connection. Um, and even in the scenes where she's up against the predator, it seems like maybe the predator's gonna save her or something. It, like, seems to be looking out for her at different points in the movie. What, when she, like, got her leg caught in the trap? yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the predator, similarly, is hunting on the terrain and is like, you know, he hunts the wolf and she gets the rabbit. And then you have these Frenchmen come in and like there's the language barrier and they're I wasn't totally uh, wasn't really convinced by a lot of those interactions. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but the thesis of this movie seems to be like there's a level of communication that happens between life forms whether or not they speak the same language yeah okay the, okay i thought you just meant specifically the predator yeah no um that's a good that's a good point and you're right i mean it's not a movie that you need the dialogue for if you are interested in seeing how the story progresses with the interactions between the Comanche amongst themselves, then you would probably want that because well, it's all—it's not just an action movie. You know, but, within the action movie, it's her dealing with 
gaining respect from her tribe's people I, as a hunter. That is all communicated. Which is all communicated visually. Yeah, all you're communicated. right. You're right. And it's like, you know, this this is what this is what directors mean when they say action. This is what I mean when I talk about like action. Acting the acting in this is good. It they communicate all, and honestly, it does more to support that main thesis, which is you can watch this in Comanche without subtitles. Mm -hmm. You can get all of that because there is something about communication that isn't verbal. Show and don't tell. That's mm -hmm. kind of, yeah. yeah. You know, but... there's there's a movie that this reminds me of, uh, which is, it's called Outlander, not the show Outlander, but this movie from like, I want to say like 2005 maybe. And it's got the same actor who played um, Jesus in The Passion and it's it's basically although he's the alien mm. um he comes to earth prehistoric or, or not prehistoric but like um uh, vikings you know like medieval times and he comes from another planet he was fighting this alien that hung on to his ship he crashed on earth oh and, i've heard um, about this it's such a good movie. And it reminded me of this, but I actually uh, prefer that one better. You guys should check it out. <laughs> really? I was reminded, I was yeah, reminded of really Apocalypto. Um, and Apocalypto as well. That's two Mel Gibson movies in the space of a sentence there. Um, <laughs> but like, that's, Apocalypto is, is still one of my favorite movies of all yeah, time. Yeah, um, same. And it's another one. And I was one hoping you, they were going to do that with this. Like, me too. Yeah. But, that one also like it does such a good job of telling a story without many words mm -hmm. you know but um, the words are beautiful when you when you listen to it you know? yeah and i to take it back to our bollywood conversation generally what i've done in the past there were subtitles in lal singh Chada, but um you know generally i've watched it without the subtitles because the action is so clear and the it's theatrical it's entertaining but like the points get made that's interesting. I like to, I like to tune in to what's going on. That's fair. Verbally. That's fair. You know, I also, I'm one of those people who like, if subtitles are on a screen, my eyes just go to the subtitles. And I know. Oh, I, I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I, even if it's in I, English or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I can't stand these people who always have the subtitles on. Turn them off. Watch the film. They put a lot of effort into it. Oh, my I, sister I does that. I always yeah, have to, I'm like, nuts. how are you watching this with it? Because <laughs> turn up the volume. Is that the problem? Like, you know, I'm, I'm always having this. I'm always having this with conversation certain, with. Yeah. <laughs> with certain British movies or something, I'll have to throw it on. Yeah, where the dialect so is so thick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. I get it. I mean, here's the thing. I haven't watched this movie, but everything I've seen about this, it reminds me of, it feels like they've sort of gone back to the basics with like what Arnold Schwarzenegger's original Predator was about. And except obviously a different time period and hence the callback that uh, Katriana's got for us. Oh, for right. Yeah. Right. You never oh, explained wow. it, but I don't I think it. I laughed every single time you just <laughs> pop up with Arnold on the screen. And again, like it, it looks like he's not wearing anything right now. That's the, <laughs> like, that's the best part. Little strap. <laughs> it's so jarring. <laughs> But I mean, all in all, it looks like, okay, this movie, and we mentioned it in Quickets earlier, 
it's it's the biggest debut on Hulu of all time, movies or TV shows, like any kind of debut. And even internationally on Disney Plus or Star Plus, where they don't have Hulu around the world, in the U.S. they have Hulu. But anywhere this movie has been on, on a streaming service for Disney has become their biggest uh, debut on, on the service. The last Predator movie from Shane Black, I actually kind of liked it. But that movie really underperformed, which is why this was made straight for streaming. But mm. clearly, I mean, I think with Amber Mythunder doing as well as she did here, I don't know. Do you think there's a value here in them investing in a sequel, whether it's a direct sequel or something that's like a spinoff on a different time period? And then the second part of that question, do you think that movie then goes theatrical like all Predator movies in the past have because this movie has been so successful? Or do you think they stick to making it like a streaming film series franchise is Predator, forward? Is the Predator series just becoming like Assassin's Creed? Because they're just jumping around with like different timelines and everything. And it's like, do you know oh. what I mean? I think I was thinking it'd be cool to do like medieval, but now I'm thinking like, is, is are we just following? I, I think with with this, like the novelty was, okay, here's all of this tech from the future. And in the past, it was like, you know, in the original movies, we had advanced to a certain point, And so it was our time. And so it was like, yeah, it's technology from the future from another planet or futuristic technology from another planet. And this alien comes here and hunts us with it and we got those scenes that was the worst cgi right there um <laughs> and it looks like we it. got we got those scenes where these relatively primitive people are looking at this technology as magic um how many times are we do we got to see that we got to see that with cavemen and you know egyptians and like it would get redundant I think they did that here. Um, you want to do a time jump? Take us way into the future, you know? Um, put well, us on did the footing with it. I don't think, yeah, you're right, though. They haven't done that before. But, like, Aliens v. Predator, Alien, AVP, whatever. Yeah. You know, that movie was that pretty was, similar. That one was fun, <laughs> even though it was terrible. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's like watching an Expendables movie or a Universal Soldier movie. You know what you're getting into, and it's not, like highbrow yeah. filmmaking but you know what you're getting into kind of a movie yeah. <laughs> um yeah speak I, I actually have i i was way too young when i watched my first universal soldier movie and i got i literally was traumatized for a few days because i couldn't sleep in the dark i was like oh my god this was way more gory than i ever imagined because you know i was like previewed out on the thing i'm like oh this looks hands. nice put Edward it on oh yeah that music those visuals didn't sleep for a week I mean, Universal Soldier, like have, you, have any of you guys seen Universal Soldier, Van Damme? Uh, go watch it. There's been multiple. Just watch the first one. That's the only one I've seen. Watch the thing that traumatized you as a kid? Well, as a kid. What kind of pitch like, is that? I, I specifically remember this being 12 years ago. So I was half as old as I am today. More like, Well, not exactly. But, you know, 12 years ago is a long time ago. So, okay. I don't know. I, maybe we'll hit different now. I mean, I'm looking for, okay, back to Prey. I'm looking forward to watching this. I literally, this is at the top of my list. Because even before I go to the theaters to watch Lao Sing Chetna, I'm going to go check out Prey because, well, it's easier to see it and just pop it That's on true. my television. Do you guys, would you uh, recommend it? Yeah, you know it's what? a fun movie. I didn't know about the option to watch it in Comanche. I wish I had. Um, so that Because it would be, be my... like watching it without subtitles. And, yeah, right? I, and yeah. I the thing that I loved about Apocalypto and about watching Bollywood movies. It's like, I like, I, and it is the point of the movie. It's like, we can communicate things that happen 
just in this it's 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 a very humanizing film honestly it's just like yeah we we understand because these are actions that people do these are faces that people make these are situations you know i that's that's a nice sentiment and if you want the film to prove its thesis i say watch it in comanche that's going to be my recommendation and uh yeah but let's let's change gears just a little bit and uh before we do follow us like us subscribe do all this stuff we are a media thing that is trying to grow and that only happens when you share and like and subscribe and tell your friends to do the same so do that you people um but we have some news game of thrones is doing a prequel series it's a real real prequel time ain't it but uh you know i watched all of game of thrones and uh i'm gonna go back and watch this now you don't you don't sound particularly excited uh, well that, i mean if you're if, I've it's been hard to have followed yeah it's yeah it's hard to follow that progression be so you know such a dedicated fan i don't know if you were dedicated andrew but uh, to I, was care. I was dedicated in the sense that i watched every yeah. single episode and then just for them to like just destroy it in front of your eyes yeah and then take your well take your money i guess happily yeah well um, yeah well i guess if you're paying for hbo yourself then take your money well i see i see your point but I am not somebody who has ever watched Game of Well, yeah, I have maybe watched a few scenes here and there. I've never watched an entire episode in full. I've never watched the show in general. Um, but obviously, I've known I've known enough about it because it's it was everywhere. Like it, and even in this final season, it won like every Emmy that it got nominated for. Like the show, despite the fact that it wasn't received well by the audience, seemingly got all the critical. Yeah, who plays. cares so, about them? Right. Well, <laughs> I, I I mean, you know. NBC is bringing back the Golden Globes this year. I'm sure you got all next year, I suppose. So anyway, that conversation is for a different day entirely. I know. Um, if if somebody like me who has never seen anything Game of Thrones related would would I want to go watch this show? Is no. this something that I should be in taking interest in? Whoa, hey, whoa, whoa. May, I don't know. This, so <laughs> maybe. The, the, maybe. The 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 idea here is that. There was, you know, like the Mad King. There was always referencing the Mad King. And um, we we don't, we were always told this happened hundreds of years ago in this alternate universe uh, on a different kind of earth, I guess. And, you know. The show itself. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, this is, I'm kind of annoyed because like we know what happened. They've referenced the story. They're going to fill in a bunch of details. Um, it might be interesting to watch this first. I guess it's kind of like watching Solo when you already know all of, like... Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you already know all of the, how that... Well, okay, so... Yeah. I, but I don't, right? Like, I mean, I know That's the rough true. outline, but I don't you know, know exactly what? what Game of Thrones, like, the details of the plot. So. I can't speak to the quality of this because it hasn't even come out yet. Um, we know that Game of Thrones, the series, was based on... Um, a series of books that has yet to be finished or had yet to be finished by the time those um, last I don't think he's ever finishing those. No. He's yeah, too happy collecting so, the paychecks from the show. So these are, these are, again, based on those stories, but there's 
there's no real source material here. So it could be the people who are responsible for destroying Game of Thrones are the people who are producing this, and they're just doing more of that. Um, you know, you know what though, you you might have a better time watching it, Dan, because you you're coming into it with fresh eyes. You know nothing about it, so it's not like you're going to be spoiled to what's going to happen. You know nothing. That's kind of that's exact. That was that was my question. Like, yeah, I mean, if I'm a total, let's call it let's call it what it is. I'm a Game of Thrones virgin. Whatever. Um, virgin. So, um well you know you guys were like bollywood virgins too so That's true. <laughs> we, we've all we've all been there but anyway the point is if like you said i if i haven't seen anything before i suppose i don't have much to compare it to um you know here's yeah, the thing that's... they they might they might have learned from their mistake they get roasted constantly and i th i think if you haven't watched any game of thrones and you just want to like be up on something that people are watching Go ahead. It might just end up being a good TV show. You know, the production value on Game of Thrones was unmatched. The acting was really good. Um, the writing toward the end, mm -hmm. we'll talk about it. Um, the CGI but, in this one looks way better, by the way. Uh, watching the trailer, the dragons look really good. Well, yeah. I can imagine, like, you, you know, over time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Better. But I mean, you know, you'd think it wasn't that long ago that the the, the last one ended. Oh, and, oh I'm uh, here. This happens every week. All right. I'm working on it. Continue. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that it ended. So it's like, you'd think the CGI could have gotten better. It didn't really progress that much, I feel. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's oh, budget related. Because I mean, you know, in television, you do get restricted by by how much money you have to spend on a VFX shot and then how soon it needs to be out there. Here's the thing. Yeah, For me, like the the whole appeal of Game of Thrones and even like the the... Tr the you know, accomplishment of it is there's this guy who started out with a bunch of turtles in his room and named all of his turtles these things and came up with backstories for them. And then that became the first set of novels, you know. Wait, what? That's literally how this started. It was George R. R. Martin playing with his pet turtles. And um, yeah, you're, yeah, it's what? true. What? That, I'm not joking. That Wait, actually, that's the he case. He like named one like Jon Snow. Yeah. And... Yeah. We're, we're, we are we are experiencing a child's pet turtles fantasy and interesting what's what's interesting about the books is that he's got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of characters that all have this these backstories and that's that's compelling and interesting it's like mm -hmm. wow how this all came out of one person's mind right um and they were what, so well written too they, they were, were so they were like, yeah and that's the issue with this one going into it. Is that what you're going to say? Go ahead. I'll let what, you finish. What I was going to say is that, like, <laughs> you know, we focus on one continent um, in Game of Thrones. You know, it's like... No, no, it's multiple continents. It's, 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 like, it's like the equivalent of Europe um, and Great Britain. But mm, um, you kind of... You yeah, total, I guess. No. I would like to see... I would like to see stuff going on on the same planet at the same time in a completely different part of the world. You know, I think... Oh, right. Instead of just doing to, the stories. Yeah. To tell the story is like, and here's everything that happened before mm -hmm. that. Like, just tell me what else was happening. Yeah. And then you can do these little hints about, mm -hmm. you know, this happened and like, 
it affected something over here on the other side of the world. Or, oh my gosh, if this culture had been in touch with the Starks, like that could have changed everything. And you, I don't know, like the, well, just the prequel thing is, is getting old for me also. I will say this. So the the point of having this whole conversation is we're gonna next week dive deeper and, and, and basically, you know, preview house of the dragon. We're sort of previewing our preview, if you will. And it's good to see that you guys have a vested interest in the show. I mean, I don't know if I'm convinced to watch it, but I'm certainly, you know, it piques my interest. Maybe I'll check out the first episode, see how much I like it. Um, I, I think I think yeah. the interest for most people here is if you feel badly burned by your mm-hmm. ex-favorite show, um, she's called up, she wants a second chance, and she wants to apologize. Why don't you meet her for coffee? I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm curious to know if they're going to... If, if it's if this one if you're able to watch it with your family because that last one yeah definitely it's not supposedly more serious at all. oh like a, good yeah we needed it to be more serious the other yeah one i mean serious. some test screenings people have said that this is even more serious than game of thrones which again to me not much context other than right. what i've heard about the show but yeah is it just because there's no Tyrion character that's i mean he was really the only he was, he was comedic character, character yeah, yeah. Else. I mean, the trailers have not had any sense of humor, so I don't know. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like you, with something like this, where they, they I can just feel it. They're going to be like, this show's missing a Tyrion character, and then they're mm-hmm. going to create gonna one. Them, yeah. And it's going to be like, well, he's not really, t- but he's trying to bring that energy, and mm-hmm. that's going to get real old. So, anyway, let's see how they do. Let's give it a chance. Let's give it a chance. A chance. Let's give it a shot. Chance. And chance. Uh, <laughs> a shot and a chance. Let's give it a shot. A, a, a chance. We will like give it that. a shot. And uh, we'll we'll get back to that next week and talk about it. And why don't you tell us what you're uh, what you think, what you're expecting, and what you're looking forward to, or what you hope they don't do, or what they you hope they do do. You can do all of that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Check out all of our other stuff. We're covering a lot of stuff, and it's all for you. So join our movie fan community. Thank you for watching. I think that's the show today. That is the show. Yeah. Oh, my. That's the show. I think we did good today. I'm going to go ahead and say it on air to the recording. We're doing a good old job today. Um, make sure you vote in that ridiculous was the shirt blue poll. It wasn't. It was gray. And uh, we'll see hey, you next week. Hey, don't provide answers. That's it's just the <laughs> truth. I'm just speaking the truth. Okay. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>